International. What is up, BTI Film Club? This is Donna the Dorito Girl, and I'm here today with Bezo, the feature this, <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan Busey Billups, the Busey Billups boy himself. <laughs> Great intro. We need to do great. more of those. Uh, wow, we, we've been under, we've been underappreciating her. <laughs> what a supportive guy. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was too psyched. Um, that was good. I don't like doing the intro, so it's good to have someone else do them. Yeah. Well, I get weird when I do them on my show though, because sometimes I like I get yeah. too like I literally this part will probably be cut out of the show, Never. but I no. just. <laughs> Like smiled into the microphone for like two minutes straight before I said <laughs> yeah. anything. And yeah. That's the same thing that I do on Mountain Dew very Dorito Girls. That part so. will be cut out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. It's, You're right. It's cut yeah. out of my show. I imagine it will be cut out of yeah. this one. You, know, you got to make a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm making a show for the people that are in the room. Right, right, oh, right. right. <laughs> Gets you guys hyped yeah. when I'm just smiling with my fingers we, raised. We, actually, yeah. we can hear the smile. Oh, uh, thank hey. you. <laughs> wow. What a good guy, and what a good <laughs> intro from a not guy woman. Okay, well, there's girl, do 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 do. You'll be a woman soon. Speaking of which, my brother did gift me something while I was there. Like one thing I brought back, he was so excited about it. Okay. It's a lighter that says Pulp Fiction. <laughs> badass. It's a Pulp Fiction. It's pulp a badass lighter. motherfucking lighter. It looks almost like a UT approved Pulp Fiction lighter yeah. with that burnt orange there. No, that's the coloring of the lights. Oh, my bad. My it's, bad. It's, yeah. it's a standard standard spelling, standard color. Yeah, we do the podcast in submarine red light. Yeah. So well, there's also like a purple. It's like a purple too. Yeah, and there's UV. like candlelight. Okay, um, shit on me. That's but cool. no, he had, he had like a, he got a Pulp Fiction when he got a Kill Bill one. Nice. And he showed me and he's like what one do you want and i was like you know what one i want and he's, he's like, like i'm keeping this kill no he's like i'm keeping the kill bill one and i'm like oh so i can't even have the one i want okay well okay i mean what do you guys like better kill so, bill or pulp fiction oh wait you haven't seen kill bill i've watched part of kill bill how do you not have uh, what i don't know yeah, i just it didn't a, happen for me i know it's, I and it's like, weird because it's like you're like a demo for it i know yeah. but when the movie came out i was like dating someone that we didn't watch movies and then it was just wow, like sounds great yeah it sucked i mean it was a shitty relationship that's why i'm not mm. still in it yeah but i mean mm. like there was a there's like a section of my life where I missed the movies that came out, mm. and I like had to play catch up. I mean, whatever, it's fine. Sure, 
Well, uh, I think in totality, Kill Bill and one and two are more enjoyable than Pulp Fiction now. Yeah. Yeah. Rewatching. And, and, but I've seen Pulp Fiction so many times yeah. that like rewatching it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, not again. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I like when Kill Bill was coming out, I liked Pulp Fiction more. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I I felt I felt like really, and not to get too far afield off this, yeah. but uh, I think Tarantino originally wanted to have Kill Bill be one big long four hour epic. Yeah, it would have been, fun. and I think that would have been would have blown everybody's minds. Oh, yeah. Part one, part two, I was like, eh. yeah. but in retrospect, yeah. I, I like them. I like them come, uh, when I watch them. I do them back to back. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, maybe. But we're not watching Pulp we're not Fiction watching, we're or not talking, talking uh, Kill, Bill. Kill Bill or Tarantino. What are we talking today? You're the you're helm of the ship. I, you know, thank you for taking the direction to tell me that I'm allowed to take the direction. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so today for BTI Recommends, if you listen in last week, you know what we're watching. If this is your first episode, uh, we're recommending movies to each other. Uh, maybe we'll have some other body tape international people on in the future. But for now, the three of us are recommending movies to each other. And this time it was my turn to pick a movie. Finally. I feel so naked and vulnerable. <laughs> I love <laughs> this movie. And I feel like it's one that is very easy to go awry with uh, perceptions, maybe. Yeah. So uh, we are talking... There's actually a miss a misnomer. I don't know. There's a misquote on uh, IMDb. Uh, hmm. 2009, according to IMDb's Enter the Void. Earlier, uh, but the movie came out. It technically screened in, at Cannes in 2008, and then it actually yeah. released in 2010. So yeah. I don't know what you want to go with, but that's what happens with art films. Yeah. <laughs> so Gaspar knows Enter the Void. A Three, almost four hour movie. That's two hour and 45 minutes. Two hours and 40 uh, minutes. I thought it was 316. No. Oh, no, it's 242. Yeah, okay. All right. Almost yeah. three hours. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, Long if you movie. include the bonus footage, you know, maybe you're at that four. But uh, I didn't know there was bonus footage. So originally when this movie screened uh, at Cannes, it showed, they showed a, uh, a shorter version of the movie because it was a work in progress. They oh. were still editing the movie at the time that it showed. Okay. Uh, and then they went back and they added in some more visualizers and then removed some scenes. There's actually two versions of this movie, hmm. which we asked you and we met up yeah. uh, to grab coffee earlier. What, how long the one that you watched was, it was an hour and 41 minutes and change. Wait, two, 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 sorry, two, two, everybody's yeah. time is yeah. unperceived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so that is the original international version. There's another yeah, okay. version that exists that's trimmed down. Yeah. Uh, it's only missing like a handful of seconds, like almost a minute. Oh, okay. But it's the. Uh, it's uh, the scenes that are removed. I always mix this up. I had to look it up when we were hanging out a minute ago. Um, what's removed is the uh, like orgy scene. There's some stuff that's removed from that in the love hotel at the end mm. of the movie. Mm. And uh, there's some stuff that's removed from when uh, Linda is doing the chick mm. at the trippy yeah. house that Alex yeah. used to live in. Yeah. 
So, so I'm just shit okay. on the end. Yeah. Some yeah. little snippets to kind of carve out, make sure you get an NC-17 yeah. and nothing worse. <laughs> or an R and not an NC-17. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't even know what the rating is on this, to be it honest. It feels NC-17 to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. you see everything. I'm yeah. pretty sure you see every sexual organ mm. known to man. Well, you don't see like a gaping butthole. Well, but, but you see a butthole. <laughs> Fair enough. You see, Fair no, enough. you there see an a, ass, but you don't see like you don't see butthole. a butthole. I don't know. There is a point at the end where she is like kind of like sprawled out, and you see it, his balls. No, that's her, true. her. That's yeah, true. but you don't see her butthole. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure if you pause and enhance, you can see the butthole. Yeah, which I've done, and you can't see a butthole. It's about three pixels wide, but it's, it's there. It, it's it's enough. You need to, the Blu-ray. To you know, catch it's it. enough to you know make the engine run or whatever they call it yeah. now. So, uh, did you see this in the theater? Yeah, we. So it's interesting story. The way that we saw this movie because we saw it together. Uh, our friend did like it might have been like a ten p.m. or eleven p.m. It was like close to like a midnight showing of this movie. He 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 put it on in Ann Arbor. Uh, in one, it, it was. It was midnight because yeah, we got out like and four. the bars were closed yeah. mm. and there was literally no one on the there street. Was no one on the like street. There, it yeah. was like an old West town where like yeah. newspapers were like flying <laughs> yeah. across the street and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched it at this old theater in Ann Arbor. One of the hands down, just worst design theaters I've ever, I, I, hate going to watch movies at this theater. It's terrible. So well, wait, you need to describe the theater. So yeah, this so theater you it used to be it used to be one like kind of big like uh you know how you know how like uh fuck what's the word i'm thinking of uh, it was like a school theater like where you would go see a play yeah 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 oh like an auditorium yeah yeah but but it was all in it was all stadium seating so like yeah. so your feet are at the people in front of you's head oh okay uh, like extremely close together and like stacked stacked you know, sort of going really up. high so like, like how imax seating is yes. yeah what is it called? what's what's stadium the stadium seating what's like the acropolis like i'm trying to think of the word that i can't think of like when there's a stage in the bottom and then there's an amphitheater sort of okay. kind of feel but but the way that okay so every seat is like kind of on an angle because i'm pretty sure I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that what happened was that it used to be one single really big theater. It and, was. And then they cut it in half. Yes, uh, that's literally like what they did. back to back theaders or something? Yeah, they so do they like had, side they by side. So they split it in half, yeah. So it was two, they made it into two theaters, but as a yeah. result, the seating More was like, like... Super close to one another. Super close into one another, and but also shifted. it was like folded in. Yeah. So, so you're like kind of sitting on like off. a slanted you're, angle. You're sitting, so you're sitting with... With your chair aiming what would be the center if it was a single uh, stage, but since it's cut into two stages, now you're at like in a year, the theater we were in. We were uh, we were, so we were looking left, yeah. but then you had to like move your head right to be able to actually watch, watch the, the movie. Screen. Yeah, so it's but they're terribly also uncomfortable. like it's like the floor is like caving in, so yeah. they're also like slanting <laughs> inward. It's yeah, like it's <laughs> fucked. It's fucked. Yeah, I mean it's. It's cool though. It's a unique experience, yeah. and it's certainly fitting for this movie. Well, yeah. yeah, it was. Well, the cool thing about like seeing it, I remember like, you know, like obviously the film is the film, and 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 you know, since the beginning, you're like, f like the credits, you're like, fuck, this is gonna rule. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I remember like multiple points throughout it. 
people would try to get up and like leave and they would fall over. And then like, I remember at the end there were people like falling over people throwing (laughs) up, falling down, falling down the stairs, down the stairs. There was like a pile up of people. You couldn't even (laughs) get out of the theater. No joke. Like it was wild. Everyone was fucked up. Like it was just, it was just like, it was one of the coolest like showings I've ever been to for a movie because it was just like, I didn't really know what it was. It was just like, cause it was back when it came out. Yeah. So it was like, it uh, didn't even have an, any release at that point yet. yeah yeah so it was just like it was just like we went into it blind which is the best way to go into this I movie i would say so yeah and then you have to sit there for the entirety of the film yeah yeah which yeah. is also You're committed super important for yeah. the first viewing i think of this is sitting for all those like three hours uh-huh. feeling it really you know, I think you have to be immersed in this movie specifically. So it's, you guys watch this, you'll have a crazy experience. It skyrockets to one of your favorite films. Literally. So we got out super late, went home. I had work the next day. Like we fell asleep. I go into my work. I was working at a music store at the time, like selling instruments and shit. And I looked up the movie online and it wasn't available yet. I set a reminder on my phone hmm. yeah. and ordered the movie the day that it came out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. So we like, that. I loved it. I had to get it the second that it was available and yeah. I did. Funny thing also about this movie. I liked it so much that in college, like I'd like, yeah, a, we were I'd like us. a lit film. I'd like a lit film class. It was like one of those weird kind of crossover classes. Yeah. I actually did, uh, with the help of some people did a, uh, uh hi. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Alex, uh, uh, did, did a, did a film like did an edit of it. I did a, I did a fan edit of it, oh, condensed shit. this movie to 25 minutes oh, yeah? and then completely redid the entire soundtrack for but it. But we like took a, like a camcorder, excuse me. We took like a camcorder and we're like filming it on uh, a TV with a camcorder, rotating the camcorder while the film is yeah. rotating. And, uh, and used like, like some of the footage. Cool. So it was like, it, the, I, I remember the yeah, whole, like double, we did like multiple layers of scenes on yeah. top of each other. It was really well, I, like, I remember like the, the, the whole premise, the, well, the whole premise was cause I remember like the first time, you know, obviously when I saw it, it, like in that setting was perfect because it sparked this was, um, and the whole premise, premise behind the project of like re-editing and everything was like uh, th- th- was to emphasize how disorienting the film is because you don't you're never stable in the film yeah which i think is what's important about it is that yeah. and the thing that's interesting is that you're immersed in it constantly you're 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 stuck and immersed within this world and things are repetitive, which is so weird for a film to do, but, 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 but you're never stabilized. You're always moving in a way that's unnatural. Everything, nothing looks like how a movie normally looks. Right. I remember the other thing that was edited out. Yeah. You reminded me the scene where basically Oscar is like a homunculus. Like he comes back as like a zombie, like yeah. that weird dream sequence yeah, yeah, yeah. that's removed from the, yeah. the yeah. other release, that's a fine which makes scene sense. Yeah. No, I would I'm, remove that one personally. Um, yeah. I think that conflicts with what they're going for at the end. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you like, do you want to give your first impressions or like just sweeping generalizations of what you sure. think? Sure. Uh, well, should we explain the story? maybe a little bit 
or do you just want to get yeah go ahead and go ahead and give like a if you can like an overall if you want that's the whole thing i don't feel like you well here's the thing and 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 ebert this one again i quote ebert a lot but ebert i'm I'm actually going to misquote him slightly but he says something to the effect of a movie is not really what it is it's how it's about what it is Uh yeah so you could describe the narrative of this movie and it wouldn't do it justice at all no well like how it's about it is really what sells it yeah for sure but if you haven't seen the movie I, I would recommend just now like stopping Stop. and watching yeah. it. Stop. Like Pause the movie is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, everyone should watch this movie in my opinion. It's one of my top five movies. But very briefly and full spoiler alert, please stop and go watch this movie if you want to n- not be spoiled. Yeah. The main character, Oscar, is living in Japan, gets killed mm-hmm. while on drugs and in the midst of reading uh, the Tibetan book of the dead mm-hmm. and has the, the movie proceeds. This is all within like the first five minutes no. of the movie. No, it's a lot. It's like 20. Well, yeah, it's whatever. Like, yeah. But it's short yeah, comparatively yeah. to the rest of the movie. <laughs> right, right, uh, yeah. Then the movie proceeds to be essentially his Spirit. Tibetan book of the dead journey. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And End. Yeah, <laughs> that, I think that's enough of a description of the plot. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what what was your original take? The my I this is again I watched it. I almost wish that I had watched it and had like a week to prepare for this in retrospect. All right, because yeah. there's I think there really it's is a, a big lot piece to really yeah. digest. Um, so I kind of feel like I'm going to be winging a lot of this because I haven't had time to it's really fine. digest a lot of it. But I do when the, when I first put it in and hit play. And that strobe, that heavy strobe, and the fucking chaos, and out the first, my first thought was, "Fuck, I should have seen this in the theater." Yeah, uh, definitely. That's exactly. I couldn't. Yeah. I, I was. I immediately felt let down that I didn't we, get a theater. One of the well, best opening credits of any film ever. So yeah. they have shown it here, though, at the Ritz. We've seen it here too. Oh yeah, I think we I've had. Seen, we yeah. had to go see it here. Yeah. It's like you the next, can't. The not. next time that I'm aware of that, I'm definitely going to be proactive yeah. by it's, getting a ticket. Yeah. It's yeah. rare. But whenever it comes up, you gotta see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I filmmaking alone, this is spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, he's insane. Have you seen any of his other movies? No, he's never seen him. That's uh, one of no. the big reasons why I'd always no, I don't, recommend. I don't this recognize the name of the name or anything, and I don't uh, know of anything that seems like this. Irreversible, irreversible is the only big one. Movie. So actually, there's quite a bit of history about this. No, movie no, and that. funny, funny thing about Irreversible is like Max and Adam have always tried to make me watch. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You gotta watch this movie. You gotta watch this movie. Like, I, like they described the plot, and I was like, I have no interest in too cr- it's yeah. too well, cringy what, it's too yeah because uh, so a friend of the podcast adam uh who will be back soon no he, he's on the podcast he's taking a break <laughs> right, yeah he's, he's on an internal break but uh he yes he said that to you so many times and i was like i always said to you i think that that is like that movie's amazing as well but it's yeah. much more of a jump i think that you should s- go more into like well, I always recommended that you should start with Yodorovsky and then you should move to Enter the Void. And then if you like that style and you want to do something more serious and depressing, then the Irreversible. Irreversible is what you yeah. um, I, th- th- No sensible f- film critic or person who loves movies, I don't think anybody could really not recommend this to anybody else who's kind of has a, a passion or an interest in film. There's yeah. so much good stuff, original stuff you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and done with such, um, 
smooth. Everything's smooth. Well, there, there's that, but there's a, I'm trying to think of the word is it starts with an A. It's not ambitious, although that's a, a great word for it, <laughs> yeah. but, um, audacity. Oh yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a tremendous audacity to a lot of the stuff that, yeah. all, that for the weaknesses that I think it has the audacity and the ambition and the commitment to it trumps a lot of that. Sure. Definitely. Um, and so I felt like the first 45 minutes to an hour were just, it was, I thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I felt like he, he was so inventive and, and coming up with new things I've never seen before in that time that I wish that that's inventiveness went through the whole picture. Yeah. But I think he kind of gets stuck uh, kind of meandering in this one little space going back and forth, which is, it's not bad yeah. at all, but I was, I was hoping for that, that uh, trajectory, Which, that original trajectory to just go all the way to the end. Yeah. And it kind of gets lost a little bit in the second act. If you can call it a three act movie. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't yeah. really follow like not a traditional kind of slightest. Uh, but the third hour does have some interesting, um, the last 45 minutes has a lot of interesting new things coming together and, yeah. you know, piecing it out to the end. Um, so uh, overall, like, I mean, everybody should see, I'm, we kind of feel like I'm wrapping up. So <laughs> we're, we're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that was my impression of it. Yeah. As I was, watching it i was just completely blown away yeah. um for the first 45 minutes to an hour and then i'm wondering like why am i feel like it's slogging yeah 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 um i mean it it well like here here is kind of my initial like argument against why it's like like i agree some of the writing especially like towards the end ish of the second act slash what would be like the second act the main chunk like some of the writing i think can slog um there there is no writing in this movie yeah yeah but yeah. this movie yeah. was 100 percent improvised the yeah. only version of the script that exists is literally directorial notes yeah. for the way that the movie is filmed yeah. everything else is 100 percent improvised okay all but, the dialogue but i, I think, which is interesting to me I, I think that the reason that people feel that way is that um you have he uses returning to the same shots and returning to this kind of like these like three or four different motifs that are kind of a home base that you return to the shot uh again and again which i think can make it seem like it's slogging but it actually has like a reason in doing that of like kind of doing like a weird reset in your brain to like kind of like it's the same thing with the car crash there's a there's a there's a car crash where the, the parents die in it mm. and um you're from their childhood from oscar and linda's childhood from yeah. the brother and the sister's childhood it's revisited three or four times three or four times yeah, but it's, it's just it's so just, startling yeah. every it's really time nice. and it gets like more sad too yeah but but i th- i think that how that one is startling every single time I think that the other returns to the shots to him lying on the dead, you know, to them being kids when they're in the bedroom to those returns to those shots. I think they're not as like, you're not as like, whoa, because they're not as startling, but I think they still should have as much of a profound effect. I think in, turn where it seems like it's as seems like it's maybe more boring it's actually inventive to do that to return to the same kind of thing over and over because when you look at movies like i think people are scared to like reuse shots and stuff like that you don't get people reusing shots a lot i i understand what you're saying and i i don't that's not where i placed it where yeah. where, where i placed it was the movie starts off and they're in this 
uh, hotel or no, this room, excuse me, in, in Japan. Uh, and the camera follows him to the bar. Yeah. Um, where he gets killed. The void. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, uh, uh, I, when I describe that, it feels so trivial because this is like a 20 minute thing yeah. where it's almost completely. Well, and he smokes in- DMT. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The whole hallucinogenic scene Perfect. is that just scene unbelievable. Is it's one of the best, like. The, that is the best drug, drugs, like drug use drug scene use scenes in a movie. Any, yeah. Yeah. Anything. It's perfect. And, and it's seamless. Like, yeah. I don't know how they made it. So you, you're in whole, and out. That so whole good. like segment is so yeah. amazing. Amazing. Everything starts vibrating. So the movie it's, also uh, like, if you're not familiar, again, I don't know why you're we've still already, We've already this, given the official spoiler, but alert, this movie so. is all POV. So it is with the exception of a couple of times where yeah, you yeah. catch a glimpse of Oscar where he's looking in a mirror. Right. So the movie, when he, he, he starts out and he's smoking DMT and it's amazing because he takes a hit, he's already high. Mm-hmm. And so the walls are already like kind of fuzzy, but he takes like his first inhalation of DMT and it doesn't really do anything. And he lays back. Then he takes another one. And then you start seeing like the walls. I'm slamming my arms. down. sorry. <laughs> you start seeing the walls like get fuzzy and get like, kind of a breathing effect mm-hmm. and then he takes another hit and then you start seeing the fractals yeah. and then he opens his eyes again and it's like it's the room all... completely fades yeah. and now it's like all fractals i mean that's like it that's it i don't <laughs> well it, there's so much more than just that as, as as amazing as those effects are and and like you said smooth and seamless like you don't get the impression like well that's clearly an effect over a background like you yeah. would in something where the, the effects aren't good but there's a lot well, there's a, well, there's a lot more inventive things in that process one it follow uh, it follows uh you know his point of view so you don't really you don't lose like camera tracking. Like it's not like it's cutting from one thing to another. It feels like it's very much like a one, one static shot, shot yeah. even as he's going down the stairs with his buddy. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about another part, but there's before the stairs, his eyes are blinking. Yeah. Yes. That's eyes. what I want to talk about. So I'm, I'm just talking about how amazing it is. The fact that, so Gaspar, no, always wanted to make this movie. This is the movie that he always wanted to make forever. He had the idea in his twenties mm. And he was always striving to make this project Mm. and it was just never attainable. And that history alone is super interesting during college. And one of the reasons why he came up with the idea for this project is because he was constantly, he did like a shit ton of drugs Mm. and you can see that in the drug use in this film, like the way that the, it's just, it's so easy and so cheap for someone to be like, I'm fucked up and here's like here's my a, fucked up here, let's thing. put a wide lens on it. Yeah. Really close yeah. to the face and the nose is big and everything. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is like distorted spotting is like a perfect example yeah. of like cartoonishly fucked up. That's yeah. like the cliche, like fucked up but yeah. in this movie. It's like, you are experiencing what he's experiencing. And that is so amazing and intense Mm -hmm. and it locks you in right from the beginning. Then you get the scene when he goes into the bathroom and he's trying to like sober himself up. And so he splashes water on his face. He's looking in the mirror and the blinking is matching with the camera and you're not seeing the camera in the mirror. It's like, that is fucking 
mind blowing. It is. It's a spectacular because there's a there's like he splashed water on his face, and then and of course in the camera in the foreground you see the hands come up and splash him in the face. Yeah. When he wipes himself with the towel, the same thing happens. It's yeah. the same pattern. Like that effect work is is so perfect. Yeah. That you, I thought, at some point you sort of take it for granted. Yeah. 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 You know, Seriously. How, of like well how good a stuff. filmmaking it is. Right. Yeah. And then um, and then there's some other unique stuff like he's walking with his buddy down the stairs and, and, and whatnot and they're talking they're having a conversation but in a typical movie what you would have is the person turns around and looks at him and says what he's going to say right. so that you could, it's easier to read the lips as a, as an audience member, almost everybody who talks in a movie, you can see their face and see their lips moving. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, there's so much dialogue where they're not looking at each other. Yeah. It feels he's looking at the ground. He's yeah, but that, doing like a normal human thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's normal and human. I mean, filmmaking is not about normalcy. Like it's, <laughs> right. it's about, but to do that and, and be consistent with it. And like, is, is, uh, it, it works. It works. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But it's new and it's inventive, and you haven't seen that before. And, um, and uh, well, anyway, I, what I was getting back to, why I think it felt it droned in the second in the second half, um, yeah. was that you have the introduction of this character. He's living with a girl. You don't know who she is. He meets this guy. There's some dialogue. Obviously, they have some history. Not sure what it is, but they need to go to the void to drop some drugs off or something. You're not too clear. There's a bar called the Void. He goes to the Void. He gets killed. And there's Which a lot that of that scene is fucking crazy. There's too. A, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot. It's there's a lot of question marks about what's going on. Oh, and, and of course the, the, you know, the, the hallucinogenic scene before, but, and, and then it's like, and then it kind of like, uh, it starts filling in the gaps. Yeah. And so you get this sort of, all of a sudden, like it shows them as kids and you realize it was a sister, or I guess you get previous dialogue to that, but, and then it does like this recap in it. And the recap is, um, it's a montage slash recap. So it kind of fills in the, you, you get yeah. some scenes that sort of fill in the context of what they were talking about. Like equally wavy and disoriented. Yeah. So it's it's well, context like, that are dropped it, it's out. It's like going and to then present it, and it's going into past. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's past like, and then more past. It, it, it's working off the idea of like, you see your entire life, after you, love, like right yeah. after you die, right, your entire life like kind of goes through your, which is part of the conversation that they're having as they're walking. Because the he's stairs. talking about the Zen book that the guy let him borrow that yeah. he's been reading, and uh, and then it and by the time it catches up to the present uh, for what that is, uh, that is um, uh, about. And about it's about forty five minutes worth of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. And then I, at that point, I felt like okay, I've got it. I got an idea of what happened and these characters and how they got to where they got. And now I want to see what happens next. And um, it transfers the movie transfers from the main character really Oscar from Oscar to his sister R- yeah. Linda. And the camera begins this thing where almost every shot from now on to the end of the movie is a bird's eye view shot yeah where it goes through walls and shit it's just it's just floating you know almost like in a voyeuristic kind of sense yeah uh um and what what happens though is that the, the rest of the movie is sort of experiential like it there's some narrative points that are made you know with what her what she does um but 
I, there's the 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 mystery of what's going on and and how things unfold and and and, and new new surprises. I don't think the surprises are all in the filmmaking yeah. and and what and what's get, gets revealed and how he shoots different things. And but narratively, it kind of it kind of dwindles off. I thought compared to how great the first hour is. I think I think the problem with the like second act into the third act narratively is that. It, it's difficult to tell how much time has passed. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You get from after he dies, there's a conversation with Linda on the phone, and she says, I don't know. They they won't do an autopsy. They're denying that right. he got shot. They said he had, had a, a gun. gun. Yeah. And then it cuts. Next time that you see Oscar is her basically identifying the body. And then the next time that you see him... Uh, is him getting cremated and then you see Linda ODing in the park and then you see it cuts back to him in being cremated so it's really difficult to tell how much time has passed yeah. in that second part of the movie and meanwhile again we're talking about how it jumps forward and backwards and all this shit but when we're dealing with the present in quotation marks because we don't know how much time has passed it's mm. difficult to place because Linda is not aging, it's difficult to place how much time has passed with her relationships because she's also having like this weird unfolding of her relationships. Yeah. And certainly in relation to her trying to kill herself too. Like yeah. when is she not trying to kill herself? Like wh- how is she okay from that point to like she breaks up with this guy, then she's not broken up with him, then she's hanging out at these people's place that like, I didn't even know that she knew these people. It's just, right. it very, yeah. it like jumps around and there's not like a, like a, a pole to like, it's hard to tie tell. To. Yeah. The, the chronology, I mean, the, the chronology is all over the place. Yeah. But that's sort of the point is yeah. because well, we know he's that the, all of that stuff happens post postpartum though, or postmortem death. Yeah, yeah. Postmortem. Yeah. Like, um, and as soon as he dies, the way the camera floats around from then on out, like, see, that's one thing that was a little, I, I was, I was okay. Well, clearly this is the spirit sort of, it's a spirit and you're supposed to see like how he affected everyone. And then kind of like in his absence, how everything kind of starts to crumble or like readjust itself and level out. Like, yeah, I think I think that's that does, the point of it. Yeah, but I almost but I when I first started when I when I first started doing it, I was like, well, he still has command over his what he sees. Yeah. Like he's choosing to see this conversation and he floats over here to choose to yeah, see Yeah, he this like flies more. into like orbs and shit. Yeah, and that's and uh but I I think in in retrospect that's not I can that felt I felt like that that kept getting violated. Uh, and so I don't think that that was really, I, I, I was confused as to how consistent the filmmaker wanted to make that. I, I think I understand how that works, or at least the way that I understand it in my mind is that, uh, <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> okay. The way that I understand that in my mind, uh, is that the second act or, or part two of the movie, if you will, is his cremation. So everything up to that point is him moving as a spirit and it's fine. And he's like free of his body. The moment that he's cremated, if you notice, uh, he has such a draw to light and it's like his spirit is like constantly trying to like 
either reassigned to his body, which was cremated, or it's hmm. like trying to push him on to the next thing. Because hmm. they also kind of talk about that. And this is, I'm not super familiar with the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Like, I read it once when I was like in high school or yeah, whatever. Really, like hmm. in college. Yeah, but like, I don't remember all the keynotes. You yeah. essentially but just float down the street and become reincarnated. <laughs> right, but the conversation that they're having down the stairs implies that there are two paths. Either you can choose to follow the light, like the traditional bullshit. You can choose to follow the light hmm. or you can float around if you deny the light and uh. you have the opportunity to be reincarnated. Uh, and he even, Oscar even says to Alex, well, why would someone like, why would you want to keep living here? Like the shit sucks about like being alive or living on earth or whatever. Yeah. And so the whole conundrum as he's a spirit, he's still acting as an, as a spirit and able to think. But I think the longer time expires, once his body is gone, the harder it is for him to like, control where right he's going. to zone into what he's trying to do because he keeps getting drawn back to either love light hmm. or whatever the fire yeah. is the instigating i guess like, that also like comes to a point like what like what's your what's your take on because there's like three or four for the people who haven't watched this there's like three or four scenes where you go into a light and then it goes into like an intense strobe that's yeah. just purely like well, a you, colory kind of strobe. Yeah. It's like kind of textural too, but you yeah, get it's that super textural, but, but you get that at the beginning right after he dies. Too, and credits. that's well, no, not yeah. the credits. I mean, like it's strictly talking about like the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the film, okay. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. like right after he dies, he, it, his bot, like he looks up into the ceiling and then it starts making like the multiples of the tiles. Yeah. And then he goes into, into the, the light, light and then reverses. It, that's the first oh. time that you get the initial uh-huh. blonde, 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 like yellow, white, the, the mirror and the urn kind of screen. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And then it reverses. Like he says like, no, not to, not today. Satan, God, <laughs> Satan, I'm not going on. I'm going to stay here and see what, happens it reverses and then you get the spirit moving everywhere yeah so it's like the denial of something right and so that i think that every time that he is around fire or an intense light uh it triggers this like go back to like are you going to choose this path of heaven or whatever yeah or are you going to keep denying it? But as time is progressing, it's getting more intense, which is why those strobe scenes, the textural blonde white scenes are lasting longer. Exactly. It's harder to avoid that path. The further you get from your earthly attachment Hmm. and specifically after the point when the ashes are washed away. And maybe that's part of the reason why that scene was left in the movie in uh, the international release. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just my theory. Hmm. And I think it's right. So. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I was able to, uh, to pay more attention to that conversation at the initial, at the beginning of the movie, uh, because clearly I realized that was an important thing that I, I was, uh, well, they kind of revisited ever so slightly, <laughs> well, but then like, I did not enough for me to really understand it. And yeah. I kind of lost it and I missed it. And I'm trying to like piece it together. Yeah. I mean, that was the same thing that happened to us. Of, yeah. Well, I'm not going to speak for well, you, like, but that was the same thing that happened to me when we first saw it. I was sure. like, Oh, it's Batman book of the dead. Like, okay, that's kind of cheap or whatever. And I was like, well, I kind of know that. So and I was like, well, this conversation seems dumb to me and yeah. then I was like ah oh, fuck <laughs> so w- 
Um, what do you get? Like, do you find a message in this movie at all? No. I think I think that's what's also cool about it, about this movie, is that no no character's good or bad. Every character just exists. Well, and like they, they, I mean, they're they're sure. There's like people that are more bad, or there's people that are more good. But like everyone is, the the movie is like it, it's inherently human. Like it has more uh, nuance to the to at least the like morality of the characters and the morality of the film itself. Like I, uh, I don't like morality being brought into this movie because I don't think that it has anything to do with that. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying I'm not saying morality on like on like the term of like ethics and morality. I'm I'm saying like I'm saying like every film typically has a moral, it has a message. Uh, the message of this one, I I think is you know like I, I don't know I I think it's a little bit more n- nuanced than than what you get with a lot of films. I mean I feel like I've said that over the like the past like three films that we've watched, but I don't think that this movie has a message I, it's just like it's just it's like a life submersed it's human yeah. life and it's just a really yeah but like that's a message in version. itself like like i mean it's the you know it's the idea of like of like well you kind of see like this circle you see like the cyclical thing you no see. but i don't mean it that way because i like you could i think you could remove the end and it's still just like a look at someone's life like when you yeah but it's still like it, the, the whole the whole film is like predicated on on patterns and 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 um and and the cyclical nature of things and like there's definitely i mean there's things that are repeated and 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 it's not it's not complete chaos like it's not it makes sense like it's digestible i don't i don't i don't think it's yeah, but like, something being digestible isn't the same as something having a message yeah but i mean like i think it still has like it has like an underlying kind of base morality that it's working off of it's working off this kind of idea of reincarnation and this idea of like cyclical life uh which i think like in itself is like technically um you know like a, a meaning to the film well you could i mean there's plenty of movies out there that i mean you could you could dream up a million scripts right now that have reincarnation and that have a message or is trying to say something specific about one thing or another so uh the the tone and the characters and the plot and what happens to everybody and their choices and, and everything. I mean, I, I suspect that the author, uh, the director, I, who I assume wrote it too. Yeah. Um, is try has something in mind. Yeah. I think it's, I, I don't know. I think it's a visual representation of, of life and the idea of like the cyclical nature of life. I think it, I think it deals a lot with the idea of reincarnation, but I also think it like deals heavily with trauma. Like it definitely, it deals like, like when you look at that, that the death of their parents, that scene is so important. And then how their relationship is affected and how it's like, uh, at times incestual as a result of like this insane thing that happened to them. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I don't, think it like tries to draw like like oh incest is bad or or or, you know brother kissing a sister is bad or or it's good i think it's just like this is what happens this is this is what's happening to them Mm -hmm. and uh, i mean i don't know like I, i don't know if you can draw like a clear like one sentence of like this movie's about how drugs are bad like i don't think you can draw that i think it's more immersive than that i think it's more cute you know, like, I think it's more of a feelings based film. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 Donna. 
Um, well, Gaspar Noe himself said that the movie was a, a psychedelic melodrama. Hmm. And I guess that's the best way to sum up the movie. Hmm. Um, I don't think that the movie, I, I think that it's extremely easy and I think it's extremely cheap to say that the movie has a definitive uh, a baseline or morality or the meaning of the film is the circle of life. I don't think that I that's, didn't say that's a meaning. I'm saying that it's like a common theme. <laughs> I don't think that that's the point of the movie. I think the movie is literally just supposed to be a slice of life. It's just supposed to be like, this is a a millisecond in the piles of shit of every people that are around you. It's just like a splash in the pond. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, there are I mean, there are themes that are repeated throughout the film. Yeah, but I don't. I understand. I understand that, and I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that I don't think that the focal point is the circle of life. Sure, I'm not saying that that that's a focal point. I'm saying that there okay. that, that that's I guess one of the. We agree. Well, that, well, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that I'm saying that that is one of like the underlying the, one of the underlying motifs of the film that c- helps create like the basis of 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 not necessarily the morality but the makeup of the film. Hmm. Like the the film is made up of like. Th- I would say I would say you could boil the film down to maybe three or four in like themes that are used again and again and, and are pounded into your head. Like I, I, I think, I think there's, there's the idea of cyclical, which is not shown in the fact that, that he's reborn Mm -hmm. at the end Mm -hmm. in his sister. But, but, but the, the fact that like scenes are repeated, the same shots of scenes are repeated there. You are going back to, to, uh, to visualizers are, 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 are a a weight that are, that you're going back to. There's that. I think there's the, this, um, brother and sister relationship that that's heavily i think he's dealing with the idea of like family and trauma within family mm-hmm. like i think that's pretty obvious i think i think there is an underlying uh uh poking at i don't know there he's pointing towards spirituality it be it tibetan spirituality or the use of drugs as spirituality which leads into it being a quote unquote psychedelic film like the like the lot i feel like a lot of the times you can be like 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 with psychedelic films you can be like oh it doesn't have a point and that's why it's psychedelic but but i think a lot of them deal with like these huge broad strokes i think they were just talking like two completely different things right now no okay like i'm not i understand what you're saying and i agree that those are thematic tools that are used throughout the movie but i just don't I don't think that the those define the message of the movie. And I also am not saying that the movie is 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 just a I don't I don't know, I forgot what you just said, but I'm not just saying that the movie's just psychedelic because it's like trippy or whatever. Hmm. I I don't understand. I'm surprised in all of that from both of you like uh, for me it's something that I that seems like it's it's hammer over the head uh that he's trying to make a point on I I suspect um is that it doesn't seem like any of the sexual relationships in the movie are healthy except for maybe the parents. But even then there's like this weird sort of, um, uh, it's, it's, it's not handled in a, it's, it's, it's very, 
everything is in is very lusty and not uh yeah lovely, it's like spark yeah. yeah and that seems to be a dom a, con- a consistent thread throughout the whole thing is that um those intimate relationships seem to be completely non-existent yeah, but he doesn't, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I will agree in the fact that I, I don't, I mean, I don't think he like buttons that up like to a definitive like point. It's just like most sex in the movie is dysfunctional Yeah, and that's what it is. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how to make that in the, the, the like, I, I can't boil it down of like, well, every, like all sex is dysfunctional because like, it's obviously not. Yeah. Because I mean, he's recreated through the act of sex. Yeah. So he's re given life through sex. Right. Yeah. So that's technically not bad. Who is his father? Is it the Mario or is it the other guy with the purple shirt? It's the guy with the purple shirt. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh, wait, what's his name? I always forget his name. Alex. Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Frenchman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. him. Yeah, because him and his him and his sister, sister like meet up. At the end there. Yeah. But with the time dilating everywhere, which way I couldn't, because they both have kind of shaggy long hair and you don't see the front. You well, so it's flashing between his sister and his mom. Right. Yeah, yeah that's another which dynamic. Which is where it comes back to the point that you were just making about like sex being dysfunctional because there's a scene earlier in the movie where a young Oscar walks in on his mom and dad fucking. Yeah. And then it bounces. It comes up like a, I feel like one other time between now and, or then and the end. Yeah. And then it comes back at the end in the love hotel. You see the mom's face on a couple of people, but then ultimately when it's his sister, when it's Linda fucking Alex, uh, it swaps like almost constantly between the sister and the mom. Yeah. And then it brings back the scene where the mom is fucking the dad, but now it's, he's in the perspective of the dad fucking the mom and then looks to the door to see young Oscar standing at the door. And it's like, they lock eyes mm-hmm. and then it switches back to being him as Alex fucking Linda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sexual dysfunction is off. I mean, it, does, it seems like it's unavoidable in this movie. Like it's, yeah. it's trying to, uh, for all the characters that we see. Yeah. There's not one healthy, like technically healthy relationship. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's fine. Well, like, no, I think, I think there is, I think the guy that does, that made the bright light raver Tokyo model yeah. and his girlfriend, the chick with the blunt red Bob, they ha- are having like super tender sex in the, in the bathroom. Yeah. And despite the fact that they were, polyamorous yeah they seem to have the most like stable level totally vanilla like mm. bread fucking relationship uh, of anyone except bringing somebody into a relationship who's completely traumatized and is is has no proper boundaries or barriers at all well sure but i mean maybe <laughs> that's just their thing i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know he also has like he that so that character is so weird I, I i also forget his name but there's a character in the movie that uh is building this like weird uh kind of black lit tokyo slash paris skyscape well, it's not paris it's just tokyo that's tokyo tower ethan it, it, it looks like the eiffel tower oh, sure okay then it's just tokyo whatever yeah, yeah uh but 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 uh so like he's building this whole thing like 
I, I, I can never like get a read on the point, per- the yeah. purpose of that guy besides like, Oh, it's so cool looking. Well, there are multiple purposes. The, I'm sorry. Do you no, have, no, no, go ahead. I mean, there he are- serves like a, he serves like a plot point purpose, but when, I mean, what were you? Okay. Well, there are multiple purposes to, I mean, maybe not that guy's like existence, except for the fact that if you really want to boil it down, he facilitates the meeting or the reconnection of Linda and Alex, which has to happen for uh, Oscar to be reborn. Mm. That is like the most finite version of his ability in the plot point. But he also exists as Alex's roommate, which itself is super lending to the narrative of the movie. In addition to the fact that there's a conversation that, uh, Oscar and that guy have that completely facilitates the end scene of the love hotel, which is he's looking at the love hotel and he's flashing a light on it. And Oscar says like, Whoa, that's so cool. Wouldn't it be sweet if this was real? And, yeah, everything was see-through and you could just see all of your friends fucking, which is what the last scene of the movie is mm-hmm. or second to last scene of the movie. Um, but also there's a bunch of like key conversations that happen in that room that are like flash forwarded and backwards yeah. in the movie and the progress of that uh, thing that he's working on the Tokyo model helps dictate when chronologically those conversations happen. There's also the building of the art in the background too, which is Alex's art, the like surrealist. Yeah. But I I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't, I don't understand the reason behind having to see, because there's like this huge giant scene where everybody's having sex. Right. right. In the love hotel. In the love is, hotel. Which is ironic because there's, it's really the lust hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I also like, I don't understand like why that scene is so long and so necessary. I, 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 I locked into that too. And I, that's why I felt like at some point, like I was like, God, this guy as there's something juvenile about some of this stuff. Like the filmmaking is like some of the stuff, like I said, I've never seen before. It's, it's, it's pioneering in a lot of different ways. I thought it was made like three years ago. So I'm surprised to hear that it's, you know, another three or four years older than that. Um, and so there's like, there's this real intelligence with the filmmaking. And then I see like some of these other things about how the characters are, are in this weird, this kind of like, um, really depressive state and, and they're all like, everything's going to be bad and there's not going to be a growth. There's not going to be a transformation. It's just going to go through and just be punishing to the, people and like there's like this uh i don't know if nihilism is the right word but some kind of it's like it feels very those things kind of felt juvenile to me so like when he was bouncing around to all the different sex rooms in the love hotel at some point i'm just like as i felt like is he he just trying to show like is he trying to squeeze in as much uh you know illicit sex as he can in this movie like it it felt like it was not part of the what the movie necessitated something that the director wanted to keep doing yeah well i mean it's long too it's like a it's like it's 15 minutes of it yeah it feels like it anyway yeah i mean and really the only like point of that whole scene is just like the weird tag on the end where 
they're having sex essentially to inseminate her so that he then becomes reborn. Yeah. But the whole sex scene where like the whole love hotel scene, I was just like, I, I, that's like been the one scene since I watched the movie that I'm like, it looks cool. The love hotel looks cool. It's obviously a center point and it's a callback to the beginning of the film. But I've never been able to fully understand why it's why it's in there as long as it is and why everyone's like dick is glowing and everything all of a sudden. I I like that scene a lot. I really like that scene. I think it's like so beautiful and like just the way that the walls look and the way that it's shot it's, and like how it shot. moves yeah. through not just it doesn't just move through like walls to the room that is adjacent to it or down hallways. It also moves up and down, up and down and like outside and then is called back by like the sister's moans. I mean, it's just like, I, it's so awesome. It really is. It really is. I think so. The for sure, definitively the reason why the genitals are glowing is because that's where Al or God damn it. Not Alex, Alex, where Oscar that's where he the can thing go that he can yeah. go into to become yeah. reincarnated. Yeah. The reason why, and I agree with you, I think that like you could easily shave like two seconds off a lot of those sex scenes because it's literally every it's every single cast member in the mo- from the movie yeah. is in that love hotel fucking. Uh, so it is one hundred percent. I call back to the conversation that he's having with the guy uh, with the light, the, the roommate. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think all of those scenes are so. I, I think the reason why it exists, not just as a callback, is because it's also like once Oscar's reborn, then he's not Oscar anymore. You know what I mean? Like he loses. That's like his goodbye to sure, like every yeah. part of his life. Well, every part of his life, like recently, or well, that's still alive, or whatever. Hmm. But that's like his goodbye, and then and now he's reborn. He's new. Huh. It's the end. And I mean, I think like the the piece out of that entire puzzle that's like most fascinating to me and that I get hung up on is uh, Victor, the young kid that fucks him over in the beginning. Right. That sells him out, that gets him shot. Uh, That he's sucking dick seemingly in an elevator and not in a room. Right. And it looks like he's like trying to like suck dick for money. Yeah. Which is fascinating because if you like just pay attention to like his plot in the movie, like he's fucked. And the idea that like his, he ruined his life so much by Oscar, it's like, it's interesting and I'm curious like where that plays out, like where his life goes from there. And if that's what's happening is that he's sucking dick for money. But it also, I wonder like Oscar or the part of Oscar that still exists or at least exists enough to like come up with the concept of like being able to say goodbye to all of these people in this room. Like, I wonder if that, if like somewhere in that Oscar, cause he was able to like create uh, Victor is one of the people. I wonder if he's like happy to see that he's suffering and sucking dick, or if he's happy because like Oscar or God damn it, Victor has like come out, which is like a big issue for him in the movie. Or I wonder if he's angry because he's like finally able to express himself sexually, or if he's angry that he didn't kill himself. 
I don't know. He looks pretty depressed that he's sucking dick. Right. Like, but that I mean, doesn't tell you what Oscar's perspective yeah, is on him. Yeah, for sure. And also the fact that it's like, it's him like, you know, like kind of shaggy hair and like shitty clothes and then like two guys in suits. Like right. it definitely has this weird, like he's power play. Yeah. Of, this weird kind of like, yeah, oh, for suck. sure. I'm not like, yeah, no. trying to say anything shitty. I'm just saying that like from Oscar's perspective, I feel like there could be like several different ways that like if Oscar were, al- or yeah, if Oscar were alive and he saw that like through closed doors, you know, like a room like two, 34 or whatever scene you know mm-hmm. like if he saw that like what would his real life alive reaction be to that hmm. you know what i mean i don't know it just it's always something that i get like it's like a rabbit hole for me i'm just like what it's like so <laughs> much just in that one part i i struggle I, I i take my own prejudices into you know any kind of movie is that i and i've we've had this conversation before on some of these other things is that i want something that I can take from this film to be applicable sure, for yeah. me. I like m- to, to, to be cheap about it. I like morality tales. Sure, yeah, definitely. And uh, I, one of the things I, I felt empty about is I don't think Oscar earned anything like to get reincarnated. And I don't feel a journey has been made by any of the characters except everybody just kind of slid a little bit lower in their, in their lives ever since he was killed. And I, I'm wondering like if that was intentional by the filmmaker to say, well, all you have to, I mean, you just wait it out and, and, and you get reincarnated. If that's what he's trying to say with the, what the Tibetan thing is all about, but maybe there was a moral message in it that I completely missed or it was subtle or, it, or it was ironic. Um, and I, I wanted, like, as soon as I started, like, really picking up, okay, the camera is him. But then I was like, I wanted to sign a personality to the camera. Is it learning things? Is it yeah. adjusting the things? Is it angry? Yeah. Is it sad? Or is it just uh, this completely passive? Is it just a camera that's just capturing things? Yeah. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't attribute an actual emotion to it. Like, I, it's not like something. Uh, angry happens and all of a sudden like the camera reacts differently and you get a sense that speeds like it shakes or something yeah Yeah. like really i think you do get that you think so yeah like i i can think of like three moments where for sure he camera oscar has learned something like definitively something has been learned because you can see the the speed increases like like drastically hmm. and it's like bouncing back and forth between specific conversations. conversations and specific scenes, not just bouncing around the whatever grouping of friends. And I was torn between, well, is this the, is this the character learning something or is this something convenient by the filmmaker to convey information? Maybe it's both. I, 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 I was missing that thread. So at the end, when, uh, when he is reincarnated, I, I was like, I must've missed something. Like what, what did he do to finally earn that? Or what happened? Did somebody sacrifice himself and I missed it? Well, what, it's on earning. Right. So, so I'm trying to find out what was learned because, okay, uh, I, I think, for example, um, uh, Requiem for a Dream. I don't think the characters really learn anything in that except uh, there may be a lot of remorse at the 
end. But it's not a film about what they learn. It's a film about us. It's a, a lesson for us. Like, hey, stay away from that shit or do what you can to stay away from it because it leads down a bad path. So there, there is a morality there, even though the characters don't necessarily experience anything, uh, experience that. And, um, so I was like, I was like, well, where's, where is that? And what's the mess? I think that, you know, as, as, as off, as, as far down the path as Requiem goes, I feel like it does have a message and I'm thinking, well, I, I can't retroactively fit a message over this thing. I don't think that this movie has a message, but I don't think that it's that difficult to find one. If that's like really the thing that you're looking for in the movie, I think that if you want to assign a message, one message you could assign is revenge isn't great. <laughs> revenge kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, I think another message you could maybe assign is that uh, dealing drugs is bad. Yeah. You know, I no, mean, <laughs> the, the reason why I think it's, it's, there must be something more to it is because this is the filmmaker who really is starting this shit from scratch and he could tell any story that he wants and, and use the same kind of uh, 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 plot uh, or, or use this. He, he can use the same setting and have different plot outcomes. He's, he's specifically choosing these characters to do these particular things, and it's not like he has to honor some you know source material or, or whatever. It's not like there's a studio looking over him and saying well, you have the, to do this out of the other. So I, I give him a liberty to 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 have some kind of direction here. Well, you don't though because you're specifically looking for something out of it, and that's why I say I bring my own <laughs> prejudice to it. Maybe that's not intentional yeah. for him to convey. I mean. I mean, the point of the movie that he has said, the reason why he wanted to make this movie was a tale or, or a tale. I mean, like a story about reincarnation, but it wasn't ever to progress the plots of these people. And I don't even think that that was I think the I think the movie was created specifically for making the film. And then I think that there had there had to have been a story that went along with that, but there was never a story that was created. The story was never like, it may have been storyboarded that the spirit is going to do this and the camera work is going to be X, Y, and Z, but the actual dialogue, the narrative was something that just formed on its own because there, again, there was not a script for this movie. Well, there may not have been a script like line reads and, and what they're going to say, but I'm sure like the plot of the, you know, these two are the are siblings and he, this person's going to betray him because he slept with his mom and, and then this guy's going to develop. I mean, all of that's going to be worked out and scripted, but uh, whether or not they, you know, the, the, the exact word choices are going to be different. Well, sure. But I mean, still, I think that the, the, the vehicle, if you want to have specifically focus on plot or the story, I think the vehicle absolutely is just the reincarnation. I don't think that there's anything beyond that message wise. And I think that, this is going to sound really mean. I think that your uh, naivete about reincarnation is boxing you in with like how to understand. What am I missing about reincarnation? Well, because it's not like in the instance of this particular book, it's not like you have to do something to be reincarnated. Like you just are reincarnated. It's not like you're going through a journey to get there. The journey that he's going through is that he's trying to find the right vessel, which isn't even right. <laughs> like that's not even what, how reincarnation works. It's not like a, I deserve reincarnation. You just are reincarnated. Like, do you have anything to add to that? Or you don't agree or, well, I don't know. I, uh... 
I don't know. Cause then it's, cause then it's also, cause then you get into the idea of like, is of like, is like what he chose to be his vessel at the end. Like, is it predestined or not? You need the idea of predestination, um, things like that. Like are things predetermined or did he decide that, you know, did he decide to be his sister's child or, well, I mean, I think the implication in this film is that he chose to be, that was the out of all of the possibilities because there are other ones that he like focuses on or almost gets roped into but he keeps coming back to wanting to be his sister's kid and you can see that in like the long scene on the aborted fetus but I don't I don't think I think that's veering away from what I was trying to confirm I guess with you is uh that like reincarnation isn't it's it's not like a you have to do something in order to get this it's not like if you're a good boy you get a yeah, cookie I, I mean I, I understand that but like in for example in in uh and you actually made me think of something interesting but to to, to finish that point the uh like in for example in zen buddhism if you if you don't uh, you know if you don't go through the uh, four noble truths and the eightfold path and become enlightened you yeah. die and you get reincarnated to try again right yeah. so there's this sense of ah oh, shit i didn't make it yeah you know but the lesson learned at the end is well i didn't make it this time i'm gonna try again next time yeah. in a sense so uh but even that is not really hit upon so much because you can you can have a whole movie where somebody's trying to get it at the end and doesn't make it and then he dies and five minutes later is reincarnated you know that could be the movie but the movie is not he's died and then he gets reincarnated the movie he dies at the beginning yeah yeah and so the rest the message is is where all the well is the rest of uh, is that journey of him looking and seeing all these things and then making a decision of some kind but I think what was interesting what you just said and reminded me is that uh, and it actually reminded me of AI uh, <laughs> Haley Joel Osment yeah Haley yeah. Joel and Steven Spielberg and and, and, and Kubrick uh, in the incidentally is uh, and I always thought the mess people always talk about the ending of that movie is shit it's too tacked on it needs to be taken away that's Spielberg you know ruining a good Kubrick <laughs> movie not true um, I think I always liked about AI is that AI is using the sci-fi um, tools of the robot and his relationship with his mother to say something about humanity insofar as that what really defines a human being is that desire to be with and loved by your mom. Yeah. And so he doesn't achieve being a human until he finally gets that at the end uh, with the, with the aliens reincarnating, spoiling AI, whatever. Um, and so maybe there's some kind of thing that's being echoed there intentionally or not between you know the, all of the shots with him and and the, and the breastfeeding with his mom, uh, having the weird sexual disconnect by walking in on them and the trauma that goes with that, coupled with the trauma of their death, not being with his mom, not being with his sister when they actually grow up, yeah. who is the closest thing to his mom, yeah, and then then when he finally reunites with his sister, there's this weird, you know, it's sibling, but then it's like it's sexual, it's sexual, there's yeah. sexual tension there, and then so when she finally when when he chooses to give to to be reincarnated by her he almost gets it's like it's like he almost gets another chance to be uh, a child of the mother again yeah 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 that he never got to he never got to grow up with his mom effectively and yeah. so now he can, he has another chance vicariously through his through his sister yeah i think yeah, maybe that i always think sorry go ahead oh i was just going to say i think that's the reason why if he, i mean if he chooses that 
I mean, because uh, I, I, I still think that a distinction should be made as to whether or not he chooses that or that's just where he's at. Mm. I know? think that he... But, I always think of it as... Because they stress that pact so much and right. so much yeah. more than the relationship yeah. with the yeah. mom. I always think it's that he can't, he can't let her go. Mm. Like once she dies or whatever then maybe he'll just die again and at that point he'll just like accept moving on but like mm-hmm. he can't let her go yeah and i mean the whole second half of the movie or whatever or I, all of the rest of the movie after he dies is yeah. like so focused on his sister yeah but it's also like the camera feels like him still to me yeah like the camera definitely feels like him and it feels like him going on a journey I don't know. Yeah. I, I think he makes the choice to be with his sister, not to go back to mom. I do think that like, he but see, like even when the sister is getting impregnated, the mom, the, the mom flashbacks are right there. Like, right. Yeah. I miss don't, that. Right. I mean, I think that he, if you assume, I mean, they say this in the beginning. So the, in the beginning they say, that you have the option to be reincarnated as a child or to be born back into life. They don't say that you can be reincarnated at like age 10 or whatever. So I think that it's like the option isn't there to go to just be later in life. Cause otherwise why wouldn't he just be Alex and just fuck his sister forever? You know what I mean? So it's like, he has to be a child so not necessarily like focus on the mom thing. Although I do think that's like an important part. I think it's more so that he needs to be with his sister. Can you stop playing with that thing? You're <laughs> driving me nuts. <laughs> well, and, but see, I, I tie in, I mean, I, I don't think there, I don't think those, uh, Vin, I think those Venn diagrams overlap because the sister becomes the closest thing to his mom after the death. Of, of the of the parents yeah, yeah but I don't think they that, had a close relationship beforehand obviously yeah, but, yeah I don't I just I get what you're saying I understand what you're saying totally yeah I just don't think that it's as based on the mom as it is based on the sister well to the extent that I the the film if it does have a message it would be vague at best that we can sort of and Im- Im- you know, put onto it what we want to put onto it projection wise. I think I'm going to go with that for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I think now, cause like I said, this is exactly why I wanted a week to think about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think if I really kind of thought and ran through the scenes and tried to piece together a through line from the beginning to the end that kind of puts all this, all the pieces together, this is, I think I would come to something like this kind of conclusion that I'm figuring out as I'm communicating with you guys. Yeah, yeah, I think I think like trying to work through this film like right after you see it, especially for like the first time. It, I mean, it's difficult because there's big. I mean, it is also like uh, I think like a pr- the pr- not problem, but like the issue with dealing like with talking out this film is that like there are the film is like predicated on a lot of just big, huge strokes that that like in the end like you can get down and try to like dial it out to all these certain things but it's just like in the end it just kind of ends up being this kind of like immersive giant experience that you just kind of have to take as it is 
And you're just like, oh, it just looks cool. That's what I was trying to say before. I don't like the idea of like trying to like nail it down to a singular message or like trying to say that there's some kind of like like the plot line that or whatever like I don't like having all these technical terms tied to this movie because I think the only technical terms that you should apply to this movie are just strictly in the filmmaking like and the filmmaking is fucking amazing like it's so revolutionary but I I love the story because it's so it's so like real. I don't know. It's just like, it's really like raw and it's disgusting and it's painful and it's sad and it's happy and it's beautiful. I mean, there's just like, it's so dynamic. That's why I keep saying that it's like watching life because life just fucking sucks. And sometimes it's like, well, that's great, you know? And it's like, you're watching, you're not just watching this dude be reincarnated. You're watching all of these shitty parts of like, this could be like someone's week that they have all of this shitty stuff happen that happens to all of these individual characters, but you're seeing it from this outside perspective and you're able to see it on like in such a short amount of time and how all of these things, it just, it sucks. I don't know. That's just what life is. And it's great. It's beautiful. I don't, it like it's moving in like a weird way. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you definitively the movie is, whatever whatever like this is the message that they're trying to get across but i can tell you that like watching it it i mean it makes me feel like a human which is good that's more than i get out of 90 percent of movies that exist uh, in the world hmm. yeah, yeah like, i mean he always is like his best I, I feel like him like as a director his best thing is like always like his ability to just be kind of gross and like like uh, fine beauty and in like kind of these like just kind of gross situations that are that happen to people that are never like portrayed in film like that aren't portrayed like with there's so many there's so many aspects of this movie that could you could that a lot of movies like lesser movies would take one small aspect and then make that into an hour and a half long movie but he chooses to make a two and a half hour long movie that deals with all of these giant things like i remember the first time i watched i was like fuck like you you watch a guy die and then be reborn in a matter of two and a half hours and you feel and a that woman have an abortion yeah. and uh, lose her brother yeah. a man become homeless yeah. i mean that's fucking crazy yeah like you feel every part too like it doesn't like i don't feel like any of it doesn't have weight in the movie i feel like everything has like the right amount of weight that it should you know what I'm saying? Well, and like that that car crash scene too, like at different points, like the car crash scene is thematic for sure, but at different points it's like it triggers a different emotion out yeah. of you. And it's like it's not that it's uh growing in sadness. It's sometimes it's just like it it's shocking. And it's like that's what that would be like. I mean, the ability to like put you in that headspace, that's so that's just so crazy. I don't think that there's a lot of filmmakers that do that. And I really think that Gaspar no like nails that. I, it's bizarre to me. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they hit you like they hit you at that car crash scene like four times. And every, every time. time. Yeah. 
It never not startles It's so you. fucked up, too. Because, yeah. like, seriously, I think Ethan and I have seen this movie def- for sure more than 10 times. Hmm. Yeah, and I've seen it that many times. Yeah, because we had to watch it so many times for yeah. your project, yeah. too. But... Uh, I mean, we've watched this movie a lot, a lot of times and it's only been out since 2008. So, I mean, like seemingly we should have like front to back memory of it, but we haven't watched it in a few years and it's like I watching it this time was like so fresh and I knew that the car crash scenes happen <laughs> multiple times, but I forgot about yeah. when exactly they happen. Right. And every time we're both like, fuck, like, God <laughs> <Yeah>. damn it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I love this movie so much. It's a know. good one. It, it's uh, yes. The the filmmaking is 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 off the is off the chain. Um, you know, there was uh, narratively there was something that I thought he was going to go in a direction, but I, I I don't think he did, or maybe I missed it and it was there and I whatever. I thought that we were going to learn that um, Mario was the one who had. Uh, the the brother the Oscar killed. Um, oh yeah, when he meets with the other drug guy. Because I thought that uh, the boy uh, who Victor who Victor, betrays yeah. him d- did so to Mario, and Mario set up the execution. And then and then I was like, dude, that's fucked up because this dude he just had this guy killed, and then he's gonna have sex with his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I was like, I thought maybe we're gonna learn this guy's like dark as shit. No, he's like the he's like the most moral character. Yeah, that like has speaking well, lines. Yeah. There like, is a weird thing about him though that I noticed this time. I, maybe I noticed it before, but what I just said was that so Oscar gets drugs from a dude I don't remember or care to know his name skinny meth yeah 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 yeah. who is connected by Alex and this is the reason why after Oscar's death Alex goes into hiding or becomes homeless is because no one wants to give up this drug lord guy because he's insane because he's the master dealer and yeah he's like he looks like he's been on heroin for like his entire (laughs) life right um So later in the movie, there's a scene where Mario is at the strip club that uh, Linda works at, and he's having a conversation. After everyone has gone in hiding and no one is able to release information about this random uh, heroin chic dude, drug dealer guy, he's having a conversation with Mario and he's like, Oh man, I already had to like flush my whole stash. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. I don't know if that Victor kids gave me up or Oscar yeah. told Victor who I was. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I didn't realize that that guy knew Mario when Mario kicked out Oscar for giving, trying to give E to one of the strippers. And see, that's why I thought again, I was like, Oh, I think I'm right. That uh-huh. The connection is through the, is through Mario, which is what got him killed. Uh-huh. But, but I was still uh, wrong. No. No. Yeah. Victor is just a piece of shit. Yeah. Victor, Victor. So well, I mean, come on. Like if you fucked my mom, I would probably be re- revengeful. <laughs> I don't know if you, yeah, but like also it's like, why, like uh, so like presumably the reason like victor sells him out too is like it's it's not it's it's only like it's there's no heat on him so it's not like he's like he has to like literally go to the cops and tell them like i buy drugs from him 
Like what a fucking narc. Like, yeah. why, like what a nerd. Like wh- who would do that? Like that's that the whole him, like his whole part in this movie is just like, he's such a shitty person. He's just a swarmy. Like his parents are seemingly like they're like those people that put on like a face and then they beat each other when the doors are closed. Sure. I mean like they do not have a good relationship at all. Not like anyone in this movie does, but like they for sure have like a really garbage, really just hostile, disgusting relationship. And she fucks Oscar and Victor, when Oscar's in the towel is clearly in the dudes that's like the first like time that you get that that tipped off and then he when they have the big reveal of victor confronting oscar about fucking his mom it seems like he's less upset about oscar fucking his mom like that's like an afterthought to like oscar fucking his mom and not fucking him like there's some other weird like son mother relationship issue Mm. that's being strung along in the movie Mm. and it's his broken heart of being denied oscar when his mother his like shitty old disgusting vagina mother was able to take him yeah totally but i mean in his (laughs) mind i am Uh, I don't know. I'm curious too, like how the cops would play that. Like, like if you, if you Bezo bought drugs off me, Ethan, and you just like went to the cops and were like, I bought drugs. I buy drugs off of him. Do you think immunity? You, you you just immunity. You would just get immunity for sure. And then the cops would go at like, but like why? You could set it. I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's what happened. I mean, well, it, it could be like that in crazy in Japan, like drug laws have to be super enforced, like in some like crazy Singapore type thing. I don't know what. Yeah, that, they're super strict. Drug, yeah, law, drug uh, laws in Japan are like strict as yeah, fuck. Apparently they shoot you when you're fucking hiding. Yeah. Well, he said he had a gun. Yeah, who does? Say that. Oscar says. Oscar that. says, "I have a gun. I have a gun," and then uh, that's when he gets shot. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize yeah. He said pause that. five seconds. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It seems so intense too. Yeah. Oh. Now I was thinking and uh, watching the movie. Um, why Tokyo? And then I was like, because Fuck. the drug laws are so intense, and perhaps hallucinate, perhaps bright. It fucking looks badass it's with trippy. neon signs yeah. everywhere yeah. and fucking houses yeah. everywhere. I was like, yeah, this is like dark city. This is like neon dark city. Yeah, because like yeah. it's never in daylight except for super deep in the past memories. Everything's pitch black. Those at are night. filmed in Montreal, I think, or Montana. Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The daytime scenes. The um, uh, and so that whole trippy neon uh, palette is is throughout the entire movie. Yep. Um, uh, and I was like, ah, oh, man, that's so fucking cool, dude. Yeah. It's like, like the, uh, just, it's just conducive to the aesthetics of the film. And that's why it was chosen was literally because of aesthetically with the neon signs and everything. And because of the drug laws. Yeah. Well, I think you could do, I mean, I don't know how crazy Singapore is, but that would be an alternative. I think. I don't think it would look as cool as Tokyo, though. Well, that's the thing is like it's not Tokyo. It's like this weird. It's like this. Well, it's this weird version of it. Yeah, based off uh, in part by the model that the kid that the kid made. Yeah, they have this weird kind of cool tilt shift that they do, so it always looks kind of smaller, like it is that model. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They do that only in the scenes after he's dead. So 
Uh, it is uh, Tokyo, and they actually wrote notes while they were filming, so that when they went back to areas, oh, they a, went back real, to real exactly the else. same area at exactly the uh, same angle. I don't, okay. don't want to go back to this, but I, I I did remember that like the reason one of the reasons why I thought that it wasn't super a choice was the fact that like everybody fucking in the love hotel it's pretty it's quite possible that that is not based in reality because a it's based on the fantasy sky hotel that that yeah. kid bills yeah it's based on that and then b like it, there's no way that everybody's in there and multiple people are just in there like fucking at the same time yeah and that like oh he gets to see all the people from his life and he gets to choose who he wants well i think he's assigning people to them however the part so yes you're right it's not definitively that he or okay he chose who his parents were going to be, but he may have been pushing who they were over who they actually were. Meaning that it may not have actually been Linda and Alex or yeah, Linda and Alex. It could have just been whatever Japanese Peggy and Japanese Joe or whatever. That was a really (laughs) dumb thing. I'm sorry. I guess. I don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, But it could have been, you know, whoever the fuck. And he was just assigning them. Because, again, I think that the hotel is a representation of him saying goodbye to that part of his life and then being reincarnated. However, the part that is more questionable is the actual end of the movie, which is him being birthed. Because his eyes are a baby's eyes. So you can't actually see who the fuck he's looking you at. So shapes. we don't know if that's Paz de la Herta. However, I think that you hear Alex's voice in that room. The, she never talks, but I think that you hear Alex's voice, which would again, I mean, who knows? Which then it would but, be that they're actually his parents. Right, exactly. Which but then the in that case like, would be like, then in that case would be like, oh, well then the Love Hotel is based in reality. Mm-mm. I don't, I, I think the Love he Hotel is still... symbolic of all of these sex things that he has a choice to go to. And yeah. he exists almost in like an omnipotent kind of way where he can go back and forward in time. Yeah. Well, not forward in time, but go back in time and, 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 all, and all these different places. And this hotel sort of represents uh, 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 all like these options, wheel. yeah, and uh, and it and it's and it plays back to that uh, that old you know what he that thought that he had previously right. about that that hotel. So I don't think it's supposed to be literal, yeah. um, but I mean, very few things maybe should be in this movie. But anyway, uh, he is um, yeah, and I think that is right that he chooses that spot to be reincarnated but yeah i did have a, a, a doubt there at the very end when the baby is born who are we seeing really being born Everyone. is it the reincarnated or is he is this the is this the the actual mother giving birth to the son or the daughter for the first time like maybe it's going back in time again we're seeing another birth um but before you have enough time to even think about it, the, the movie ends. Yeah. yeah the yeah. umbilical cord snips and, and then that's, yeah, yeah. That's it. So such a good ending. Do y'all think the vo- the void has any oh. kind of metaphorical so sense? Or, originally this movie when it first aired at Cannes or screened at Cannes, it was Enter was the title screen. And then the film ended, and on that ending s- series of strobes, the, the void. void. Yeah. Well that's what mine version was. 
Mine ended with The Void. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the beginning of it, though, has Enter the Void, the full title. I don't think so. I feel like it does. I don't think so. I don't remember, but I feel like it does. Whatever. Either either way, it begs the question whether or not The Void... Because, see, that was another thing. Like, The Void in the the first line of dialogue is, I don't want to die. I don't want to go to The Void. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the sign across from his room is enter, and then the last thing that he sees is the void. Well, I think it's, I think it, I think really what it's talking about is that, is that midpoint where he's not, he's not fully, uh, like, like he hasn't, he hasn't like gone on to like the absolute spirit realm, and he hasn't been reincarnated back into a physical form where he's in this yeah, kind of spiritual purgatory you don't yeah you don't want to say purgatory because it's not really purgatory but like the part where he's kind of just floating around i think is the void because like he he can't stay there forever and he can't interact with anyone yeah yeah i think that when you're talking about the void i think is that i love that sign though not the sign for the void that signs whatever but the enter Enter sign sign. across because i'm just like every time i watch this movie i'm like enter what like why is that sign there like what are you entering in the middle of a wall yeah 30 stories up Yeah. yeah i love that i wish i had that somewhere in this house (laughs) (laughs) um okay well before are we happy to wrap up there i think so okay before we wrap up i have one last thing that i want to say um i just think this is interesting and adds um just some more shit to the uh thing to the way it was filmed so this is from wikipedia the film was mainly shot on kodak vision 3 250d film stock Wow. Scenes where Oscar is alive were shot in the Super 35 format with the Aracam LT cameras. And the rest is in Super 16 with an Aton or Aton XTR prod. Hmm. And um, yeah, there's a lot of other information beyond that. Um, I just everyone should watch this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I in the bonus in the bonus. um Cause I did, I did not today, but, uh, I've watched it before in the bonus. They have how they shot a bunch of the like panning traveling, traveling over the, over the, over the buildings and going See, that's through the walls. Thing. That's the thing. It's never over the buildings. It's like, it's through it's the walls, through the walls yeah, looking yeah. down. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. They so, show how they shot the shot. All that. Yeah, so, I think like some of it's practical and then a lot oh, of it's like CGI. digital. Yeah. yeah. So studio scenes, helicopter shots and CGI were forged together and the hovering sequences with the intention that the viewer should be unable to determine to determine which is which that's that's how i felt yeah so for shots from high altitudes the team started with helicopter footage from video and then created computer models of the neighborhoods with textures from photographs Mm. neon lights reflections and dark areas were constantly accentuated flickers were created through a mixture of motion blur chromatic uh aberration and focus effects for scenes seen, for scenes seen as through a fisheye lens, the team recreated the sets digitally and progressively increased the environment's react reflection values yeah. along with the lens effect, which you see a few times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, one other thing before we move on to how we feel about this. So this, I just think this is cool. Um, 
it's just a little accolade note. So Enter the Void won the special jury award and the best and the prize for best cinematography at the 2009 Sit- Sitges oh. Sitges Film Festival. Hmm. It received the main award for best film at the 2010 uh, Neuchatel Film Festival. Uh, this especially delighted no since one of the jury members in New Chatel was Douglas Trumbull, the special effects supervisor of 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, was this, was it nominated in the, like a, was it considered a foreign film? Was it put non- nominated in the foreign film category? No, uh, but it is a foreign film. Yeah. It's wow. technically a French film. Really? So there's this. It's entirely in English. If anybody, I guess everybody's listening to this. They they should have seen the movie by now. (laughs) Yeah. So the yes, uh, he specifically chose to use English actors, and that was something that he decided well before they'd even definitively landed on Japan. Because originally it was going to be a cut between like six different countries, Um, but. the cat or the crew is split. So there's some French crew members and then there's a lot of Japanese crew members from when they were filming in Japan, which is actually pretty interesting. Um, and he worked with a pretty famous like Japanese cinematographer director or something to help with communication with how to do the effects and how to do the filming in Japan. Um, and they kind of collaborated on the prop. I'd be very interested to see the the nominated films from 2008 or 9 or 10 or whatever the thing is uh, for foreign category and how this thing did not get a a nom at at the very least because it it stands head and shoulders against... I mean, anything that's, anything that's coming out now, although I didn't see some of the... I mean, the closest closest thing that I've I've seen uh, recently that was like kind of did the same thing to my head was the good uh, goodbye to language i was the, gonna say the J- same thing Jean-Luc Godard, uh like oh, th- the, the latest the one the 3d, 3D one, one that he did yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i haven't seen it you just, I was, you, well you have you to like the it. problem is you have to watch it in theaters in in a 3d, 3D filter yeah yeah like it's so like you have to it's so rare that you could be able to catch it this movie reminded me of my experience watching this film from uh, was about five ten years ago now called cashern I don't know this movie. It's a it's this Japanese live action movie uh, based off of an anime, I think, and it's fucking balls to the walls. It's crazy. It's super ambitious. It's like you like you watch it. I can't believe they're doing this, <laughs> and they're doing it, but not quite well enough. But you forgive it just because because it's, it's so, so good, crazy, yeah, yeah. And, and audacious. You know, uh-huh. the, the, I, that's why I felt the same kind of. Oh. Uh, feeling watching this yeah. that I did watching Cashier, and although this is a much more uh, there's much more uh, accomplishment in this than in Cashier, right but, on. But, but just pure audacity. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So confirmed, it was not nominated for foreign picture. Yeah. <sighs> Didn't even have a nom. That's that's sad. Surprise, dude! Oscar's so white. <laughs> Well, this movie's weird though because like so when it premiered I you uh, this movie's totally even like outside of watching the movie which uh, again I would definitely recommend everyone does it's going to be my final thought on the matter everyone should watch this movie it's amazing. But aside from that the special effects that are really great on the Blu-ray um if you can find the movie or if you order it the movie um 
kind of was a flop. It, it cost over twelve thousand, twelve million to make, and it ended up making like a, over a million, but Shameful. not a lot, which sucks. Yeah. Um, everyone should go buy a copy of this movie and <laughs> yeah. support it. I mean, it's just an amazing buy project. three and give two to your friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the movie. Like, it's super interesting, and it's even worth reading, like, all the history of the movie. There's, like, just so much information about it, and just the story to get to this movie and to have this movie made is, like, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's super bizarre, and, like, the people that were contracted and that were contacted to work, and the way that the film bounced around between studios before it was even able to be made is really wild. Mm. Uh, And then, especially after the movie premiered, the reactions are like really just I'm sure it's completely polarizing it's so polarizing when it premiered however at one of the festivals and this may have been I can't see but at one of the festivals when it premiered it got a 15 minute standing ovation word that's insane yeah and it's well deserved I mean the movie is it's fucking brilliant it's awesome yeah, so I would recommend everyone go see it. So obviously, <laughs> I, I love want that. to stamp a recommend on this one. Obviously, I, I'm putting a, a recommend on this as well. I I do. I, I my own sensibilities is I wish there was a morality tale. <laughs> uh, that's just me personally. I'm uh, sure you can find one if you look hard enough. I, I, I'm working on it, but the the filmmaking is so. F- freakishly inventive that uh, if you have any kind of taste for something like that you have to see this yeah definitely yeah sweet sweet thanks guys thanks for that recommending was that fun. that was excellent <laughs> <laughs> that was great I am so glad that I finally got to talk about a movie I like for once uh, cool well I haven't having any plugs nope I guess we're probably back to you next week, maybe. Yeah, uh, more feature this day. I, I was up, up, uploading the latest episode and saw that I hit episode 50. Wow. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, more feature this episode's coming up. And, Hell yeah. Uh, with you guys, hopefully. And I think we're going to have some guests in too this week for South by yeah, over we'll the see. next couple we'll of weeks. We'll see what we do. And we'll it's see. almost time for the unveiling of our huge project. So get so ready. Drum roll. Get ready for months of work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And of course, you can listen to my show, Mountain Dude vs. Dorito Girl, on Tuesdays. Uh, and also, if you like the show and you want to find more shows that uh, we have here, go ahead and search Body Tape INTL on your podcast app, and it should pull up all of the other shows. We have a ton of great things, so check them out and rate and subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. You. Bye.
International. International. 